time the Lord comes, we can be in revival. God is able and he's willing. He wants so, so much more than us to fill these altars up, to fill the aisles up, to fill all the seats up, to fill the parking lot up, to, to crowd the road with all the people that come in for revival. We can still have revival. So don't, don't, and don't forget those that are praying. If, if, if you've ever lived holy, do it now. Do it in front of them. Be an example. Don't be a hindrance. Don't come up and say, if, uh, I've seen some people give up stuff. And some people come along and say, now, wait a minute. Now, I've been a Christian a long time. I ain't never gave that up. Don't do it. Don't do it. Woe unto you if you do. Woe unto you if you harm a young Christian and tell them and say, no, 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 that's not how it is. Let's live holy before God in God's righteousness and God's holiness, not ours. Not, not that we can stand by and say, oh, look at me. I'm, I'm all clean. The Bible talks in Isaiah about people who say, holier than that. I'm holier than you, so you just kind of stay away from me. Not that kind of holiness. The kind of holiness, God's holiness, that just draws everybody up, brings everybody together. That's when the power falls. So don't forget those young men. I, that tickled me. That tickled me. I see those young men. That one boy got up and said that he had never been to Pentecostal church, and he, and he liked it. And I, I thought about when I got saved. Somebody said, where'd you go? I said, I don't know. It started with a P. I said, I think it's Presbyterian church. <laughs> Didn't have the faintest idea what a Pentecostal. I'd never even seen a Pentecostal church. I don't, didn't even know. So I, was, I knew it started with a P. And I think that's how he felt. But didn't you like how he testified when he said he, he loved everybody here? Wasn't that something? What about that? Pass some death and the life because you love the brother. Oh, glory to God. Don't forget. Don't forget Kyle. Make sure that make, just make sure and put them in your prayers special. Everybody who's prayed. Wasn't that a good revival? You know what? We can have that every night. There's no, there's no law. It says it just comes in revival only when the evangelist is here. What, 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 did the, the, what did they say? They said revival was already here. We just kind of fell into it. Whose fault was that? Well, I guess it must have been ours. I, it was Lord's fault, but we, we, we began to have revival before that, didn't we? We can continue. Don't stop. Don't stop. If you prayed in the altars of revival, pray on. If you prayed, prayed at home, pray on. If you came early, come early again. If you stayed late, go ahead and stay late. We can still have revival. The power of God can fall. Oh, don't, don't cut him off short. Don't, don't, leave, him, don't leave him hanging. But let's, let's take that revival bus and drive it all the way to glory. Oh, glory to God. I'd like to call back over in about six months, and you guys say, we're still in revival. <laughs> we got 20 more people saved last week. <laughs> God's willing. God's able. He desires to so much more than, than we can pray. We can pray our hearts out. We can cry. We can travail. And he says, I want to do so much more than that. 
We can pray just to, we can think of everything that we, th we can think of. Our little peon brains can think of, and he thinks, oh, no, there's so much more. And those that have been moving up, I've watched them. You know what? What's funny? I take the uh, Sunday. I'm going to talk just a little bit. I take the, uh, the offering up on Sunday. And you know what? You know how I know when people start getting close to God? Those that didn't pay their tithes, they start handing in a little tithe envelope. You know, I know that they've been praying then. And I said, look at that. That's what happens. The closer you get to God, the more you start to be in the Word of God, the more you begin to obey the Word of God, the more you begin to be a doer of the Word. You say, well, I don't believe that. Well, I, I, I beg your pardon, but that's part of it. But that's not the only thing. I, I see them running. I see them crying. I see them raising their hands. I see them shouting. And you know that they're drawing nigh to God. Because the Bible says in, in Hebrews, it said, our God is a consuming fire. You know what it does? It consumes the world out of us. He consumes the world out of us. He causes us to, to, to lay aside to get rid of our idols. I thought when, when we first uh, came to church, why, it wasn't nothing to go out and be shooting things. I ain't even going to tell you what it was. We'd go out and shoot them. Just blow them up in the backyard. And we'd say, we did. We just said, let's go. Anybody got one they want to get rid of? We'll shoot it. And we would. God will do it again. You get close enough to God. You keep getting close to him. You keep drawing nigh to him. And all of a sudden, not just that. Oh, there's so many more things. So many more things. God wants to be nigh to us. He, he desires for us to lay on his bosom. He desires us to, to go out and to cry out in the middle of the night, in the midnight hour. He wants us to. I, yeah, I, hopefully, he don't have to put us in the jail to get us to do that. I was talking to Stacy the other day, and I said, well, I said, usually I get up about 2 or 3 o'clock in the morning and pray for about an hour. Or try to every once in a while, you know, if the Lord wakes me up, if I'm not too lazy, and get up. Uh, she said, what do you get up in the middle of the night for? <laughs> I should have said to pray for you. <laughs> but remember those that have prayed. Remember the continuing revival. What can you do? What can we do? Don't, don't slow down. Let's pray for all of our brothers and sisters. Brother David and Sister Darla. Let's pray that big hunk of gold comes down and they don't have to be rich. <laughs> Bless them, Lord. Watch over. Don't you appreciate your brothers and sisters? Well, I, I, I'm Brother Jay. See, brother, this is the good part. See, Brother Jay said, uh, he called me. He said, would you read a scripture? He didn't say anything about preaching or teaching or anything. He just said, read a scripture. I said, well, I can read a scripture. <laughs> In Matthew 22, starting at the first verse. And Jesus answered and spake unto them by parables and said, The kingdom of heaven is likened to a certain king which made a marriage for a son. 
Sounds familiar, doesn't it? Sent forth his servants to call them that were bidden to the wedding, and they would not come. And again he sent forth other servants, saying, Tell them which are bidden, Behold, I have prepared my dinner, my oxen and my fatlings are killed, and all things are ready, come unto the marriage. But they made light of it, went their ways, one to his farm, another to his merchandise, and the remnant took his servants and entreated them spitefully and slew them. When the king heard thereof, he was wroth, and he sent forth his armies and destroyed those murders and burned up their city. Then he saith unto his servants, The wedding is ready, but they which were bidden are not worthy. Go ye therefore into the highways, and as many as you shall find, bid them to the marriage. So those servants went out into the highways and gathered together all as many as they, could, that they found, both bad and good. And the wedding was furnished with guests. And when the king came in to see the guest, he saw the man there had not a wedding garment. He said, Friend, and he saith unto him, Friend, what, how comest thou in hither, not having a wedding garment? And he was speechless. Then said the king unto the servants, Bind him hand and foot, take him away, and cast him into outer darkness. And there shall be weeping and gnashing of teeth, for many are called, few are chosen. Well, we know there's going to be a marriage supper. And we know he's bidding people to come right now. But we see here, this king, he's got people in mind. You know, he's got people that are already qualified. That have already been, been through the qualification. And he said, yeah, these guys, are, these guys are my good guys right here. And they're coming. I know they're coming. All we have to do is go tell them. The Bible says in, in uh, Matthew 25, it talks about the bridegroom. And they knew the bridegroom was coming. So he sends his, he sends his men out and he says, okay. He says, I want all these people. Tell them, let them know that I'm coming, that it's time. And all of a sudden, they start making excuses. They start saying, oh, wait a minute. Uh, well, you know, I, I would come, Lord, but uh, I got all these things to do over here. I don't have, I, I, I know that you said you were coming, and I know that you said there was going to be a marriage, and I, I knew sooner or later that you was going to call us, but today I don't have time. Today uh, I don't have time for revival because I got to go on vacation. You know, this, this is the only rival I'll, I'll be even be able to come to because i got to leave and go, go off somewhere. I, gotta, I ain't got time to serve you, Lord. And he's bidding people to come, but they didn't come. 
And he said, Lord, they didn't come. They killed your people. But I look, and when I see the people that, it, that came, those are the people that are going to bring revival. They's, those are the ones that we have to go out and bid to come in. Don't go out and try to find the richest person you can find and say, come on in. We need your tithe money. It don't work like that. It don't work like that because you know why? They're too busy. Now, I'm, now I'm not saying don't go, don't go talking to a rich man, but I'm saying talk to everybody, but don't count anybody out. Don't forget the one that don't have anything. Don't forget the one that you might have to help. You might have to stop and pick him up every night to come to church. And you might say, well, I, I don't want to do that. You know, I just, I don't want to be burdened because I know that if he starts coming to church, <laughs> I'm going to have to pick him up. Now, I don't know anybody here that would do that. But I'm saying don't count anybody out. I'm saying we need everybody. And, he, and every, the worst ones, he picked out, he said, I don't care. Go out into the highways and the hedges and compel them to come in. Now's the time that we need to compel people to come in because the marriage supper is almost ready. Jesus is on his way. When I was sitting over there one night, the Spirit of God said to me, Behold, the bridegroom cometh. And he is coming. The trump will sound. And all those the people that we've, that we've neglected, that we've, that we've left behind, somewhere along the way, if, if God has laid something on your heart or given you an opportunity, every time you get up in the morning, say, God, don't let me miss an opportunity today. Whatever I can do to help somebody, whatever I can do to, to lift up the name of Jesus Christ, to tell them about the good things. You know, don't go and say, well, sister so-and-so, she done this, she done that, and I don't, I, don't, I don't know if I'll ever go down there again. No. Tell them about the good things that's happening. Tell them about the healings that are going on. Tell them about Sister, uh, uh, sister Teresa. Tell them about her, her lump in her breast, how it turned out to be a cyst. And, and people say, well, that was already. Well, I, I beg your pardon. I beg your pardon. She'd already had cancer. So the cancer cells were already present. And so begin to tell people about the good things. Don't forget. Don't leave anybody behind. Get up when you pray. When you pray in the morning, you ask God, God, if I don't get out today, you bless my brothers and sisters. You give them wisdom. You make them soul winners. Everywhere they go, they always lift up the name of Jesus Christ. Everywhere you go. You know why? Because somewhere in heaven there's a book, and he's writing it down. He's writing everything down. And I thought, I thought I'd talk to my uh, little granddaughter today, and she was... Uh, asking me questions, she was actually trying to tell me what I didn't know about God, and I was like, okay. And so I, we, uh, I told her, I said, let me, let me help you with this. I said, don't believe anything I say. I said, don't believe anything anybody else says. I said, read the Word of God. These new converts, please stress for them to read the Word of God. Read the Word of God. Tell them to read the word of God because it's all in there. It's not hid. It's not some big secret. It's not some big revelation. It's not something you can't have until you're 20, until you'd be saved 20 years. There's no secrets in the word of God. 
There's no, there's no magic formula here. There's nothing that should be hid. Tell them to read the word of God. Take care of the young converts. Watch over them because you're going to get more. And you're going to get more and you're going to get more. And you know what? I always learned a long time ago that if you teach somebody something the right first time, if you help them through the Holy Ghost and through the power of God, that you know what they can do when it comes time? They can teach somebody else. Instead of you taking everything on yourself and you say, well, uh, uh, who knows? One of these days, this church may be 2,000 strong. I don't know. And you might say, well, we're, we have this little small core here, so we're all going to have to work, work, work to, to take care of everybody when that shouldn't be so. We have the Word of God. Let's teach it. Let's preach it. Let's read it. Let's live it. Like I said, if you've ever lived holy, live holy now because you have people watching you. You have souls that are standing back and, and they're wondering. I thought uh, uh, I've seen some people grow and they, they, they kind of shot up. You ever see somebody just shoot up? All of a sudden, just shoot up. And somebody's standing back and saying, now, wait a minute. What's the problem here? Now, that ain't right. But that's what happens when somebody gets... To totally in love with Jesus Christ. Begins to lay aside the world. Don't get jealous. Jump on board. It's okay. It's all right. Take care with the young converts. Be careful with them. Tenderly love them. Encourage them. Say, go ahead. And don't, I, we've talked a lot about the power of God. About the glory of God. Now, I'm just like I said, I'm just going to talk. I already read my scriptures. That's all Brother Jay wanted me to do is read scripture. You know me, I can flop my jaws. But let's, let's don't, let's believe God. You know, I've, I was talking, I was talking to someone about being a, a, a partaker. You know, I, I'm fully intent God using me. To be able to heal people, to deliver people, I fully intend to be a vessel of God, not not a vessel of Rex, not not in the name of Rex, but a, a yielded vessel, a clean vessel, a holy vessel. Now I can't do that on my own, but the Bible says sanctify yourself, and so I I, I fully intend to be used, but I I I realize that I must be a partaker, also. You know, it's one thing for me to tell you something and then turn around and do something else. It's one thing for me to say, uh, you don't have faith, and for me not to have it for myself, then that's, that's not right. So that's where I'm at. But I fully intend to be used of God. And I want everybody here to have the same assumption and the same hope and the same desire to be used of God. You might say, well, I, I don't know, br Brother uh, Walter talked about the, the spiritual gifts and what to pray for. I don't know what you need to pray for. I don't know what your heart's desire is. But I know that every spiritual gift that's in the Word of God is available for each and every one of us. Pray. Pray. Find out. 
God, what, what do I need to pray for? How, how do I need to pray? How often do I need to pray? When do I need to quit praying? You know, they asked Smith Wigglesworth, they said, how often do you pray? He said, he said I pray 15 minutes. They said, really? He said, yeah. He said, but I don't go 15 minutes without praying. So how often do you pray? We prayed sometimes. We, we let, we'll, we'll sit in a chair and go to sleep and wake up. We're praying, already praying. You ever do that? You ever lay down and you're, and you're speaking in tongues when you're laying down and you're crying and you're praying? We need to do this continually. This is what's going to sustain revival. This is what's going to hold revival. We must have revival because he is coming. The time is at hand. Behold, the bridegroom cometh. He's coming and he's bringing, he's bringing his angels with him. Oh, glory to God. It's going to be a glorious time. But we must have revival. We've had a great revival. We've got to sustain it. We've got to sustain it. We can't let it go. We can't let it go. Just well, well, this is Tuesday. I got all week long to do all the things I want to. No. No, you don't. Time is short. The day is at hand. We must begin to pray more than we ever prayed. If you need to pray louder than you ever prayed, go right ahead. It's all right. Longer. Get up in the middle of the night. Whatever, read the word of God and let him lead and guide you. Be full of the Holy Ghost. Let God have his way. I'm just trying to give you a little encouragement. But I appreciate the Lord. And I thank him. Don't let go of revival. Don't park revival. Let's drive it on. Let's let God have his way. I appreciate the Lord. Okay, Brother Jake. Praise God. I believe he's good if they come piano tonight and we come around this altar and pray. Praise God. I'm glad for what the Lord has done in this revival. I'm glad for the scriptures that Brother Rex read tonight. Amen. That harvest is still ripe tonight. Amen. We saw some souls pray and get saved, and I want to see them keeping on for the Lord. Amen. Praise God. So it's up to you and I to pray for them, and it's up for you and I to pray for the move of God. Amen. I don't want that fire revival to die out. Uh, not just because we're not coming down here every night don't mean revival's over. Amen. Revival begins in the heart. Amen. If we let that spirit die out of our heart, then we've lost revival. Amen. But let's keep it burning. Let's keep seeking the face of God. As she sings tonight, let's come around this altar and let's seek the face of God. Oh, Lord, let revival stay burning in our hearts.